Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Big changes this week, Mike. Uh, started out uh, still on fire, uh, as we have been since basically the March 31st reports. And it looked like another day of, uh, of limit up action uh, possible. Uh, and then all hell broke loose. What, uh, what happened uh, today? Yeah, so as we've been alluding to, as really a lot of, well, hopefully a lot of trade has been looking for, is with how hyper bullish the movement has been, seeing a blow off top, and maybe this isn't the top, maybe it's just a head fake or an early warning, but seeing something to get people nervous and get people that just think that you can only buy these markets a little bit more cautious with the buying into long positions. You have open interest that has dropped the last two days. You have options that are off the board. You have basis contracts that need to be either rolled or priced by Wednesday. And you just have all of this culminating into this week. So you ran the market up yesterday and at least for beans, took out basically everything that we ran it up with yesterday and just wiped it all of the market. And you have potentially funds that we are going to see what their position is this Friday up until today, potentially getting shorter this market or less long this market, which makes good sense uh, considering what we've been seeing with the open interest drop. So seeing the funds potentially release positions to smaller spec buyers and finding someone that's willing to take the other side after months of sideways low volume trade uh, would not be too surprised to see some of that along with just potential for a larger scale correction coming for us. Now, do you think any part of what we what we saw today uh, could have to do with option expiration last Friday and then um, first notice day coming at the end of this week and the fact that uh, the longs will want to get out and avoid that uh, delivery risk uh, against uh, against long May positions? Yeah, very much so. You, especially in a bull market like this, if you see a, say the cash market pull its bid and you see basis start to work back and you have people that are along this market, they very well could get out of the way with the expectations that maybe we do see deliveries, even though we are as bullish as we are at this point. And mm -hmm. I need to get out of the way. You had people that were potentially yesterday exercised into short positions that were puts exit those today very well could see the opposite okay i got exercised into a long position i don't really know if i want to hold this so let me either one roll it or two get out of the way and looking at the spread activity here today seems like getting out of the way was the better bet as opposed to rolling this out and uh at least from the short side today and getting hit with that massive change in the in the spread activity. Well, I mean, with the with the rumors, uh, you know, fundamental rumors that China is coming in and buying maybe another three million metric tons of old crop corn, four million metric tons of new crop corn. It it, it does warrant to see some sort of a bullish reaction out of that. That's added demand to an already strong demand uh, cycle that we've been in since basically last August. But I mean, at what point did we did we far exceed this uh, this economic value for corn? Because at no point did I think we were we were we needed to trade uh, 
like we were below a billion in carryout for corn. I mean, that's that's essentially what it looks like when you go to $7.20 for the front month May contract. And I know we're switching over to the July, but uh, July wasn't far behind at 684. Is there is is there something to it that maybe the funds or maybe even just people in general got themselves too bold up and ran this thing too far and now all of a sudden the funds say, let's shake out some of these week longs before we get back in for the summer? It's either let's look to shake out some of these week longs or I have been long this market since what, last September, I think the funds switched to a long position mm -hmm. and they've been holding it for now, what, eight, nine months. Mm -hmm. They have healthy profits in these positions. They've held them for an extended period of time. And if they got long in September, you had beans at that point. I think we were flirting with 10 bucks and you see this front month bean contract get above six, 16 bucks. And you're looking at 16 bucks on what a couple thousand contracts and six bucks in uh, profits, definitely nothing to turn your nose up at. That's, yeah. Uh, so exactly. I don't know if it is, I want to shake out the week longs or I'm taking profits because I have people that I'm investing for and I need to, take money off the table at some point. You've got to show some sort of a return. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk, uh, let's talk about the, uh, uh, something that we've talked about in the past and see if you can give us an update here. We've talked about this Elliott wave uh, theory when it comes to the, the soybeans and you continue to go back to that. And uh, I think we're fulfilling the, you know, the, the, upside targets uh, for your, your fifth wave or your fifth wave extension. You want to go into uh, some of the uh, some of the details of that and what it could mean, not necessarily that we have to go do this, but what it could mean to the market here? Yeah, so as of right now, it seems like we may have, with some of those correctionary moves we saw earlier in that um, sideways motion, could have seen the broader fourth wave taking place within the smaller fourth wave. And that would suggest that we still have a, well, we're currently in a extended period of the wave, which is the fifth wave. And commodity markets based on the yellow wave theory typically end with a fifth wave extension period where it's just this blow off top. You see everyone and their mother thinking that this is nothing but a buy and we have to buy it. All the news remains fundamental, fundamentally bullish, and we see something like potentially what we saw today. And then you see the institutions start to take money off the table, and you see a sort of bull trap come into the mix where you get a bump back potentially a day, potentially a week afterwards, and then you see the market absolutely crushed where everyone's panicking to get out of the market and getting out of the way. But those are a few things that we should be keeping a close eye on is technically speaking, based off of Elliott Wave, we look phenomenal in that psychology uh, factor and also the actual price movement that we've seen. So with those in mind and with what everything that we've been looking at, we could be 
looking for a larger scale correction to come into the mix and with everyone long this market it could be a very violent very quick movement to the downside much like we saw in 08 and something to be at least if you're looking to step in front of this potentially looking at some non-marginal positions in order to control your risk with that potential on the table mm-hmm. now do you have uh um have you been uh, talking to uh, to customers about um, uh, how long of a position or how long you should hold a position if you were, you know, you're talking about the non-marginables and, and maybe doing a, a put. Um, have you talked about how short of a, a time frame or how long of a time frame you're looking to hold those positions? Yeah, and it's really on a case-by-case basis. I'm, it's something that if I were to come in here and say that you need to hold it for this long, it may not make sense for their operation. So really talking with various people and knowing what their situation is, is going to be the biggest part about where we're looking for time-wise that they want to be protected. And and something else that I mean you didn't mention necessarily, but is is still a viable option is to to make some uh, some cash sales uh, here or get into some HTAs of some sort. Just find a way to get some of your crop locked in, uh, whether it's on the board or uh, in cash uh, at the elevator, ethanol plant, wherever. Um, from what I'm hearing, you know, we're starting to see, you know, we've seen strong bases everywhere, especially in the short term. But uh, uh, I would think that the new crop uh, contracts are still uh, looking pretty good as well. But um, are we worried about basis uh, levels uh, retracting quite a bit here? If uh, if no one's willing to sell it, why would the why would they continue to try and pay up for it? Why not just back off and just wait? Yeah, and that's very well what you could be seeing. Board-wise, you're seeing a lot of the bases on the country already today slipping back, and they potentially were able to bring in enough people, get enough on the board, or not on the board, but get that enticing enough to say, you should just price right now, and say they do pull the bid and pull the bases back pretty greatly afterwards. They could if they need extra essentially try and force the board into deliveries with what could be a quick bearish situation here at the top. Mm -hmm. Now we just came off of a a very cold snap uh, here across the Midwest. Uh, There were some, uh, some, some thoughts of, uh, of damage across uh, winter wheat country, whether it was the plains or the Eastern corn belt. Um, Any thoughts as far as what we could see uh, out of wheat, if, Let's say if that uh, that damage is real and does put a hurt on uh, production ideas here, but if you were to say see a major correction or retracement in corn and beans, would the wheat follow? Do you think? And that's a good question because we may see we may see some of these wheat acres that were plugged in switch over to potentially corn and beans and you have dryness concerns up in uh, the north and you might see them diverge. You might see those being spread against each other. So that's going to be one to be seen and really you very well might see the wheat check back with it. But overall, like we were talking about at our winter conference, there is a broader bullish story in the world market for wheat than uh, 
what we were seeing domestically, but now are seeing domestically uh, in that wheat market. So definitely something to be paying attention to and keeping a close eye on various breakout levels to see if they're holding as support on any potential setback that we may see in wheat. Right. Something else to think about on the on the wheat side of things is, you know, as we've seen these prices go sky high for corn, beans, and wheat for that matter, um, one of the things that uh, that gets lost in uh, in in translation sometimes is, even though wheat is still priced above corn, it's it's one of those uh, one of those uh, feed grains that could take the place of corn. It doesn't necessarily happen as as quickly as, as just flipping the switch, but there's already been talk that uh, there's some uh, producers, uh, livestock producers down in Argentina or Brazil that are uh, struggling to keep up with high prices of, of feed. Uh, same thing has been said over in China that they're exploring uh, alternatives to corn and soybean for, uh, for their feed. Wheat, barley, rice, sorghum could all could all fill that gap uh, for uh, for that feed for for poultry or for hogs or for cattle or wherever it is. Um, that would be another another thing to watch because if wheat does continue to be in that in that uh, realm of possibilities, that's another demand uh, another demand story uh, to the good for that uh, for that uh, those wheat markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot in there and i think the biggest thing to watch for for the wheat market is the movement of the uh ending stocks typically you don't see wheat ending stocks less than the year before and the last time we did was in 2012 and that is happening here this year so with the world picture getting more tight um that's really going to be probably the big thing to be watching because that's usually the big story about through our conferences since there is so much wheat grown in the world, it's going to be a more broad-based picture that needs to be watched. Mm -hmm. Well, as far as uh, as, many, as far as other uh, world uh, matters go, um, what are we watching as far as uh, COVID and uh, demand situations out there on a macro picture? Are we uh, have we lightened up? Uh, as far as uh, lockdowns across uh, across Europe, I know India has has locked a few uh, few cities down, uh, and they're they're seeing you know massive amounts of cases, you know over 300,000 cases a, a day um, on a regular basis. But is is everywhere else starting starting to lighten up uh, uh, over in Europe, here in the United States? Any any word on that? So over here in the United States, based on what the CDC has been saying, sounds like we're going to be able to open up a little bit more than what we've been, uh, allowing people that's been vaccinated to do various activities, maskless, being outside, yada, yada, yada. Um, same with Europe, seems like it's on the same page, uh, but it's really, at this point, seems like vaccine rollout, and with the U.S. looking, I think we were looking to give more of the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine to India to help out uh, should should help in the long run, but it does seem like we are turning the corner on that whole uh, COVID and continuing more strict lockdowns to more so, all right, we're going to be starting to open up a little bit more here. Mm -hmm. Any uh, any thoughts on uh, the dollar coming back to, uh, to eight-week lows 
after uh, looking like it was on a breakout uh, going up to that 93-94 area. Now it's back down to this 90-91 area. Uh, any concerns or any thoughts uh, in regards to uh, um, inflation uh, and how that could play into, uh, uh, into our markets? Potentially. Um... And inflation is always going to be the big one to watch. Uh, but at what point, especially with how our grains and everything are priced out at, does inflation kind of work its way out of the grain market and really focus on some of the other inputs? How much of that is already priced in? And especially with our competitors like Brazil and their currency fluctuations, how big of a story is it really going to play in the long run? Mm -hmm. um, while we're still sitting where we're sitting at. So sure. you're probably going to see a more sustained breakout from here in order to really be bringing that back into the light and how everything's be moving. But it is a potential and it's something we're really going to probably want to see more of a break in order to say. Uh, but as of right now, I'd, I'd say keep it as a watch target, but don't hang your hat on it. Okay. All right. Well, as we uh, as we close this uh, this uh, episode out, uh, what's your uh, uh, what's your things to watch uh, uh, when it comes to these uh, uh, these beans or or the corn? Is there a specific level that you're watching? Is it the open interest? Is it a, is it a, a group of things that you're watching uh, uh, that uh, you can help uh, uh, share with our uh, our listeners out there? Yeah, I'd say the number one thing to watch right now is your risk. And I'm going to leave it as vague as that because whether or not we are watching certain levels, whether or not we're watching certain supports, like we saw in 2008, by the time that breaks, you might be sleeping. It might be too late. It might be whatever it may be. So know where your risk is. Know where your equity is lying and how to use those two in tandem to set up yourself in the best possible risk uh, risk off mentality way. So if you guys have any questions about how to do that, please give us a call at 800-262-7538. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one out there.